Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, and Lord, I would just ask now as we uh, dig into your word this morning that you would bless this time that we have together. Lord, I would ask that you would guide and direct my thoughts, my words as I speak this morning that would be truth from you. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, truly be with us this morning. I ask these things now in Christ's name, amen. Um, Before I start, I'm going to see if I could get somebody to uh, pass out some notes. I got notes today too. I don't know if we got some pens. We got pens. All right, so this Advent thing, while he's passing that out, can you guys pay attention and and, uh, have him pass those things out at the same time? Can you do two things at once? Maybe, barely. Um, So this Advent, right? What's the first candle? What was that supposed to represent for Advent season? First one was hope. Second one was peace. The pink one is love, and today's is joy. Okay? So now I'm going to give you some background before I dig into what we got today. I'm going to give you some background into some thoughts that were going into this. So two weeks ago, as I knew I was heading into a joy sermon, I'm like, ah, what do I want to talk about with joy? Okay? I had a particular verse that was stuck in my head, and so I had that one there, and I was kind of thinking, oh, maybe I'll center in on that, and we'll dig into this concept of joy. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't feel like an overly joyful person. Okay? I'm just being honest with you. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I exhibit a whole lot of that either. I definitely would not categorize my personality into the area of chipper. Maybe you guys feel differently about me. I don't know. Maybe I fooled you. Don't. No. no. Father-in-law said, nah. I, Grinch. I, I, I thought today about having as an opening the Grinch song play before we got into it. You're a mean one. Right? That would be fun. That would have been great. So I'm sharing that with you to say that as I was thinking about this, that, that it felt like a personal challenge. Because at the same time, I don't feel like someone who's overly miserable either. I, I'm generally, in my head, fairly content with what's going on. Fairly happy. I'm, I'm, and that's when it struck me, and this is not a new, new concept or new thought, but that's when it struck me that there's this weird harmonizing in Christianity of those two things. Let me tell you why I think that's important. Anybody that doesn't have a a tinge of sorrow in their hearts does not have their eyes open. If If you don't have a tinge of that at least, then you're walking around with your eyes shut. I, to, to be even more personal, as I get into my job as the dean at Danville High School, I mean, I've heard some horrendous things. I've had students that come in, they're in there for, for being in trouble, and they start talking, and you find out they slept on the park bench at Lincoln Park the night before. Or... One of them was telling me uh, th- this year I had somebody say, 
I, I said, man, dude, where have you been? I haven't seen you in like, I mean, I remembered him from previous years. Like, I haven't seen you all year this year. It's been like two months. And he's like, well, I got, you know, he's sitting there in my dean's office. He's like, well, I got shot. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I would, did not see that one coming. And if I, if I was just chipper, I feel like I'd be ignoring what's right in front of me. I mean, you can't watch the news or anything else without seeing tragedies, death. I mean, who of us, just this last year, who of us, raise your hand if you've been touched by, in other words, when you're in your circle of people you're acquainted with or close to that's died in the last year, just the last year. If, if there's not some of that, I'd say there's a problem. So I'm thinking about preaching on joy. The passage that stuck in my head, the phrase had to do, it's not really a joy passage, but the phrase had to do with, uh, here, I'll put a little joy up there. A phrase had to do with that intermingling. My original plan was to hit on some different passages that have to do with joy. But I, when I started my study with this one, I, got, I found that this little comment about joy was nestled into this wealth of information. And I thought, I, I just couldn't get out of this, this package of information. And the more I looked at it, the more I thought, well, this wasn't really a passage on joy. But what it did for me was it helped me understand the operation of joy in my own life. Because I don't feel that I was devoid of joy, but I also felt like a bit of a Grinch sometimes. How are those things going together? Not, not that you should be I'm not going to get done and say it's okay to be a Grinch, by the way. But I do think there's something there. There's a realistic element. In fact, I would say this. If, if you have gone to churches in the past, if they come and they're just buttering everything up and flowers and happiness all the time... I would not go to church like that because that would be ignoring. I mean, even when I just look out at the people here, I know that people in this room are going through hard times right now. In fact, I would not be shocked if there was a, a single person in this room that I couldn't go to and say, this is the hard thing I'm going through. So what, what good would it be to, for me to get up here and be like, all right, guys. Let's sing about joy. Joy, 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 just a little bit of joy. Everybody remember that one? No? You guys know that song? Two, three, four. Joy, 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 just a little bit of joy. No, you don't need a lot. No, okay, I'm going to stop. What good would that do? If it wasn't realistic, according to life. So this passage helped me unpack, as I, as I unpacked the information, it helped me understand how joy operated in my own life. And in the understanding of how it operated, it helped me uh, hold on to it a little bit better without letting go of everything else. So I have three hopes that I want to do with this sermon. One is that I, ho I hope to help you understand the operation of joy in your life because I may not be alone with that. There may be many of you that are like, in generally speaking, but I I'm, I'm pretty happy. Like I, I know these truths of God and so I'm, I'm generally... but. But I'm also like, I feel like I'm depressed a lot too. And, and how do these things work together? I feel down. Things, sometimes things just, do you, do you ever have those days where it just everything feels dark? Right? 
You ever have one of those days where you're like that and you're like, you can't pin it on any, like, why? Like, why do I feel dark today? I don't have any good reason, but it's just everything just feels so, like, doom. How do I have that but have this joy? What, what's, what's going on? So I, I hope maybe this might help you a little bit understand the operation of joy in your own life, how this things go together. Hope number two is for those on the fringes of Christianity, I hope through this one of the things that might come through is that you might go, you know what, I'm going to get all in on this kind of Christianity. Because a, a real Christianity does not ignore the tragedies of life. And this one bleeds into my, my next hope. But if, if you've been on the fringes of Christianity, kind of dabbling with it, one of the things I've noticed in my 12 years of being a pastor is that sometimes people dabble with it because of those horrible things, and they want to dabble in it. And if you get right down to it, the very purpose why they're dabbling in it is because they see hope. But to be honest... It ends up being the hope that they have in Christ is that he's going to fix all this stuff in their life. Which leads me to my third thing. I want to encourage you to not to give up. If you're like, there must be something wrong that all this is still going on. I don't want you to give up. In fact, the passage that I'm going to read to you today starts with endurance. Like, keep at it. So let me take a look at it. The passage is 2 Corinthians. Now, I know I gave you guys some notes. I'll tell you when we, we're ready for those. The purpose of the notes is not, that's not the all-encompassing. I know you're probably looking at it going, oh, my goodness. We haven't even got to point one. <laughs> and there's more than one point one. Oh, no. Don't worry. We're going to go right through this. I'll explain when we get to it. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5 is where we're going to go. And... What I'm doing right now is I have to build up some context, okay? I tried to, the, the verse, the, ver, the, the one that I was looking at that brought me here is down this line of thought. So I, I, I've got to start, I've got to go back to what, what it's in, okay? It's, like I told you, it's nestled in this, all this stuff. So we've got to kind of get a picture of where it's at. I can't ignore the context. Let's look at where it's at. Paul the Apostle is writing to the church in Corinth. There's some other things going on that I don't need to point out at this time, but we get to this part in chapter 5, verse 20, where he says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In other words, I mean, think about what he's saying there. God is appealing to you. There's an appeal. God is saying, hey, I want you to do something. And that appeal is coming through us. That's why I have hope number three today. Because I'm hoping that God's appeal that he has for all of humanity is going to come out of my lips today to you. That's what Paul's saying about himself. We're ambassadors. This is what some of you do when you got people in your life and they're going through terrible times. You make this appeal to them. God's there. Right? You start telling them about Christianity, about Jesus, and he loves them. And however, Avenue, you come at it. You're trying to get the gospel message to them. This is what Paul's saying. And so he, he says then next, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God, that you can be reconciled with God, that you might be, before you weren't, they can be right with God. I mean, who doesn't want that? Be reconciled. That's the appeal. That's why I have that third hope. If you're sitting here today, or the second hope, if you're on the fringes, like, I'm appealing to you, like, man, go all in. If you're not all in yet, I want you to go all in. That's the appeal, to be reconciled to God himself. The next verse gives one of the clearest statements of what the gospel message is all about, and I'm going to have to force myself to read it 
say a couple things about it and move on because it's just that awesome that I could spend a, a, a day on it. I just, just soak in the amazingness of this verse. For our sake, in fact, I think I can explain this verse by not explaining it, but just reading it slow. That's a, tr- a trick teachers do, right? Like, I would, I would do that a lot of times. Kids would say, Mr. Arnold, I didn't understand that. And I would say the exact same thing again, but slower. And they go, oh, that makes sense. You're so good at explaining things. Oh, I just talk slow. Listen to what Paul says here. For our sake, he made him. Who's the him talking about? Who do you think? Jesus, that's right. Who's the he? God the Father. Who's the our? All of us. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. Why? So that in him, who's the him again? In him, in Christ, we, who's the we? All of us might become the righteousness of God. So your hope of being reconciled to God is captured in this. That it's not, we're talking today about the law, keeping the law. There's not a person, when I mean, you talk to people in the world, they're like, I, I'm a pretty good person. That, that pretty good person argument just falls apart if you think about what you thought about today. They all, this, this is true. He, God the Father, made him, Christ, who knew no sin, never once, he made him to be sin so that we in this great exchange can happen. So that you can stand before God one day. This is, this is the hope of every true Christian. We're going to stand before God one day and he's going to say, he's going to be looking at us and we're going to say it's all of our righteousness is, is in Christ. We will boldly enter into those gates of heaven, not because we were pretty good but because Christ was righteous and his righteousness has been imputed to us. That's awesome. What hope that is just right there. Okay, I told you I'd move on from this. But here's, here's, the, here's the packaging of where we're going. These truths were ambassadors of this amazing thing. Anybody, this is why our little mantra we used to have is, I'm a complete idiot, right? Remember the mantra? I'm a complete idiot. But my future is incredibly bright, and anybody can get in on this. That's what this, this is amazing truth. Like, anybody can get in on this rightness with God. Like, we can be reconciled to God. Like, God, the God that made everything, we can be right with him so that when we die, I have absolute hope of going to heaven, not based on what I did, but based on what he did for us. And the thing is, anybody can get in on this. So, therefore, we're ambassadors. We go out and we tell people about it. Why? Because even then, are we trying to get into heaven by telling a bunch of people about it? No. We've given up that way of living, of trying to get into heaven. Nobody can do that. We've done something that we said, man, I'm banking everything. I'm taking all my eggs and put them in this one basket, the Jesus basket. And I'm trusting that, that every, I'm, I'm, every, all my hopes are in there. 
Now, okay, so this is, this is where it started happening for me. As I was reading this, I felt joy operating in me. In my Christmas grinchiness, I felt, like when I was reading that verse, I was like, that's so good. Love that. Bah humbug on the lights. Man, I love this. And I felt that in there. Now, listen to this next. Chapter 6. Working together with him, then. This is appeal again. Working together with him, which that's, that phrase, man, I could, we could unpack. That's an awesome thought there, isn't it? Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, I want to tell you this grace of God in vain. You guys know what vain means. It means empty. I want to just tell you, without, I, I don't have time to explain what, why I, I'm understanding this the way I am, but I'm going to tell you this. If you have questions about it, I can answer those at a different point. I believe that we see this when, I, I, ha, I have seen, again, going back to my 12 years of being a pastor, I've seen people come in desperate for God because of this thing that happened, and they come in, they're desperate for God, and then then they're like loving the grace of God. But then we've seen it. Sometimes, sometimes it's because the excitement wore off. Sometimes it's because this thing that happened that brought them there did not get fixed by this God, even though they did all the things. I did everything God told me to do, and he didn't fix this problem. And then fully on God. And I've seen people come like flames on fire and gradually taper out. Paul is saying, I don't, I'm appealing you not to receive God's grace in vain. What good is it if you don't make it to the end? And then he quotes this passage from Isaiah 53. He says, for he says, in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, so Isaiah was looking forward to something. Paul's saying, but, okay, get what Paul's saying here. You're going to read what Paul says, you're going to go, that's not true. But he was saying it already back then, so it's true. Behold, now is the favorable time. Okay, let's, can we stop there? How many of you watched the news last week and thought, we are living in a favorable time? you are living in a favorable time this is the favor we're unlike any other age in history we know who jesus is and what he did generations before that they didn't know it's kind of foggy like what is it going to what's it going to happen what's it going to look like we the fullness of the the goodness of god has been revealed in the person of jesus christ god became man and walked around and lived, and then died with a purpose. We live in a favorable time. I read that, and I thought to myself, gosh, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And I felt, again, the, the grinchiness was still there a little bit. I'll admit it. 
But I felt that operation of joy, this reminder, like, we're living. Like, I know who Jesus is. That's spectacular. And we live in a favorable time. And now is the day of salvation. All right, we're getting closer. This is still context, guys. But if you don't get this context, the rest of it won't make sense. He says next, we put no obstacle in anyone's way so that no fault may be found with our ministry. So now, there's, again, I'm not going to go into great detail about what he's talking about. He's defending his, his ministry with the Corinthian church. There's some things behind this. But I want to I I tell you right now, what, what he's going to do next is an elimination of obstacles to his ministry. And I'm going to tell you right now as we dig into these, every single one of these, you're going to hear and you're going to go, that feels like an obstacle. But Paul says, this is how I'm going to get rid of the obstacles. Can I tell you what I'm hoping is going to happen as I go through these things? I'm kind of hoping that as we go through these things, you're going to see that some of the things that bring you the greatest sorrows, I'm not going to sit here and go, those aren't sorrowful things. But what I'm going to hope that you do is you start to see these things that bring you the greatest sorrows, sorrows, if you look at them right, they're also sources of great joy. Okay? That's, that's what I hope as we go through this little next little part. Because the things I'm going to list here are things that might seem like a deterrent to inviting people to Christ. But I'm going to tell you right now, Paul sees these as a, a benefit. All right, you got your little papers there? Got your notes. Now, I want you to be on the side where there's a list of nine things and a list of seven things. That's the front side. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, there's a list of nine things and then eight. Is it nine, then eight? There's nine things, then eight things. I'll start with the word in. Okay, so this list, in, in the Greek, each one of these things does actually start with the word in. So he's got a list of nine things that all start with the word in. Then he's got a list of uh, eight things that all start with the word in. Then he's going to say um, three things that start with the word through. And he's going to end with, I think it's seven things that all start with the word as. So we're in all this stuff. He's going to say, we're going to go right through these things. And we're going to be received as these things. Then notice there's a yet with all those ases, okay? All right, so now we can probably list these off as I put the verse up there. But as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance. So there's that endurance. So keep at it. In. Now, remember, these are things that Paul's listing off as, this is how I'm going to show you there's no obstacles in my ministry to you. I'm going to tell you, there's some pastors on this planet that they would see all these things as problems. And they'd, in fact, they'd probably tell you if you come to Jesus, he's going to get rid of all these things too. But Paul has a very different view. He's saying, these are pros. This is part of evidence of my ministry and its reality. Which I love for two reasons. One, simply because it's realistic. There's not a person on this planet that's going to be free of all these things. It's ridiculous. The servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way by great endurance. Ready to get the first one, in afflictions. So your list there, the first one is in afflictions. 
Second one, in hardships. Now, I know that the ESV doesn't have the word in there, but in the original, the word in is in front of every single one. In hardships, in calamities. I'm going to pause on those first three. Of afflictions. The word that's translated afflictions comes from the idea of pressure. Who's got any pressures? Anybody here got any pressures? Not a one? Get out of here. hardships is necessity imposed by circumstance. Anybody have those things that come up? You know what I thought of? The first thing I thought about with the, har- the hardships one, first thing that came to my mind, I, right now, there's like 10 things in my house that are breaking. And, and I haven't for the last several weeks had any time to deal with any of them. On top of that, my, uh, my son's car, I've mentioned that last week, you know, and so I'm like, I got all these things, and there, there's, there's these I know in the terms of hardships, they're not great, but the, they, you get enough of them on there, you start to be like, ah. Pressures, bills every month, this every month, get up to go, out. pressures, hardships, extra things added in by necessity. I got to fix this thing. I got to fix this. I got to do this. I got to do this. The third one there, calamities are those narrow, the, it's, it's the idea of narrow, it's like dire distresses. And so every once in a while, those things pop in, don't they? Distressing things. I'll be honest, uh, uh, some of these things we get secondhand. So when I look at Steve Simpkins' empty seat, and I know he's in Peoria, and he's got 5% of his heart is working, and he's waiting for a heart, I'm going, I'm thinking about that. That's, that's a distressing thing to me. And I'm like, Lord, be with him. And there's these things going on. I, I know some of you are going through things, and every once in a while, I look out. I'm looking out. I mean, we're a small church, okay? I know all of you, for the most part, except you I've never met. <laughs> Hi, my name is Matt. What's your name? Nice, nice to meet you. The rest of you I know, and I know there's stuff that's happening. I know you got, you got all three of these things building in, hounding in on you. He probably does, too. Yeah? Yeah, probably. I got to the rest of this list of these things. That end. Now, Paul's saying, almost like, you ever seen those generals that have, like, all of the medals? Paul's looking at his service for Christ, and it's almost like these are, like, badges. Okay. This, this is where the operation of joy started to, to get a little bit more clear for me. That Paul saw these things as evidences that he was reconciled to God and they were motivators for him to keep at it. And he saw them as things that if these weren't here, that would be an obstacle to other people coming to faith. I got to be honest, I get that. If you get up and you listen to a pastor and everything's going perfect, eventually you start to go, he didn't have a clue. Right? Paul's like, badge of honor, hardships. Badge of honor, right, pressures. Badge of honor, calamities. His list didn't stop there, though. Look at the next one. In beatings. Okay. This literally means you're getting struck. I have not gotten here yet. This is going to sound weird. 
how joy is operating in my heart, I'm going to be honest with you. This is not meant to be like, I'm just telling you, this is how weird I am. I've gotten to the point in my life where the, this next few things here, I, I would love to be able to add these to my repertoire of, I've never been punched in the face for Jesus. I would like to die, before I die, I would like to have that happen. That sounds weird, does it not? In beatings, in imprisonments. Some of you get so upset by what's going on in the news and, and people getting thrown. Who the flip cares? What an awesome opportunity. Like, if I could get thrown in prison because I was a pastor, I would be pumped. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I wouldn't like it. But there, was a, there would be a part of me that I'd go, this is like Paul. And I would start wondering, maybe, maybe I'm going to start singing like the doors will pop open. That'd be awesome too. Or maybe they won't. And that would be awesome too. In riots, chaotic times of instability, disturbance, and confusion. To endure those things. In labors, beatings of the, the, the chest with grief is what they meant. In sleepless nights, like because of, I'm a Christian, I can't even sleep with all these things going on. But not just, I can't, but I'm not being allowed to for reasons. Never had that happen. Going without food for the name of Jesus. Now he shifts this list. So now the first part of this was in all the crud. Right? Just in the crud of life. Whether it's things that are just going on part of life, the regular hardships and distresses and calamities, all those kinds of things, or if it's people attacking. Paul sees the absence of these would have been an obstacle to his ministry. Do you get that? Get, think about that for a second. Paul thought the absence of these things would be an obstacle to him being a good minister of Christ. Says next. Now we're ready for the next list. This next list is is things a little bit easier to work our way through. We think of the yeah, absolutely, we should be doing these things. Now I know that the ESV says next. It says by, but it's it's in the Greek. It's in purity or holiness, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit which could be translated in a Holy Spirit. So it's not for sure if that's in the Holy Spirit of God or if it's just saying in, in our own spirits set apart themselves. I think the Holy Spirit is probably the better. In genuine love, this is literally in love unfaked. In, no, it says by, in truthful speech. Words that are true. And in the power of God. But in the crud, but also in the character. These two things already, I mean, you already feel the balance, right? To keep this character when you're going through the crud, that's not easy, is it? Is it easy to keep this kind of character when you're going through that kind of crud? I didn't plan to have those both start with the letter C, but hey, let's go with it. 
in the crud but keeping the character. What a Paul looks at that to be in the crud but keep the character. That is excellent way to be an ambassador for Christ. But the list doesn't stop there. We're getting close to the verse that brought me to this whole thing. The next three things say through in the Greek. The first one there is translated this way, with the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and for the left. I'm picturing Paul even thinking back to his Ephesians, you know, the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith maybe. I don't know maybe what he's thinking here. These weapons of righteousness, right hand and left, the through, by, maybe you can think of by these things, through these things. That one's great. We like that one. Yes, weapons of righteousness, right? But look at the, those next two throughs. Through honor and dishonor. Through slander and praise. Getting it from both sides. I read that those last two and I thought back to our earlier studies in Luke, Luke chapter 6. What does Christ say? Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Blessed are you if that happens. And then verse 26 of Luke chapter 6. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Everybody speaking well of you is a sign that you are not speaking God's truth. False prophets have everybody speak well of them. That's what that verse says. So through honor and dishonor, through slander and praise. And then we get to the last list here, seven things. Right in the middle of this last list is the verse that drew me to the whole thing. But I want you to think about each one of these. Some of them I'm going to talk about more than others. But I want you to think about each one of these, the, the as, this. So your reception by the world is going to be this. But the reality is something different. That's what each one of these is going to say. The reception of the world would be this, but, but reality is this. Each one of these. Notice the first one there. We're treated as imposters and yet are true. Some of you may have actually experienced this one before. Some of you that started when you first started going to church and started trying to do the right thing and started trying to live for Christ and you're doing these things. You may have had some friends you used to hang out with and be like, you know, at first they're like, oh, that looks like fun. No. And, and, you know, but then eventually they're like, oh, you're just a hypocrite. You're, you're just as bad as me. And you want to go, yes, I am. That was the qualification to go inside. I had to be a sinner to even step in the doors. Yeah. But the reality is we are true. Called fakes, but before God himself, the truth is right there. As unknown yet well-known as nobodies. I mean, we live in a world where everybody wants to be a somebody. And part of following Christ is abandoning the, the seeking of being well-known for the sake in and of itself. So we're unknown, and yet who knows us? God. As dying, 
And behold, we live as punished, yet not killed. And there it is, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Let me get the last two. As poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. Let's think about that one there in the middle there. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As I was working my way through this, the, the way joy operated, and I suddenly, when I got to this, I was starting to, it became a little bit even more clear. Like in the, the crud, in the character, through these things that we're, we're doing all, this whole pack, I mean, this is, a, this is a, a, a messy package of a life. But somewhere in there, there's this incredible harmony between sorrow and joy. Isn't that awesome? It, I love it because it doesn't deny that life is full of sorrow. It doesn't deny that, it doesn't let that go. It's, yeah, I mean, Christ himself, a man of sorrows, full of, acquainted with grief. Yet I think he was probably the, the, the most, the happiest person that ever lived because he was completely right with God. He talks about, just before he goes, he goes, my joy is complete, and I want your joy to be complete in me. And they're gonna, he's talking about joy being fulfilled and complete, and that he has that, and yet he's a man of sorrow. You see him on this earth crying for things that are going on. And I'm like, that's it right there. There's the Christian that understands these truths, has a very realistic view of the world. We don't look away from it. We don't, we don't ignore it. We embrace it, and when it, when it gets us, we wear it like a badge of honor because it brings us joy in our sorrow. That last one I noticed um, as having nothing yet possessing everything. I wanted to put this verse up there. 1 Corinthians 3, 21 to 23. So let no one boast in men, for all, all things are yours. Whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. We live in a favorable time. These are favorable days. I don't have to get up here and be chipper with you. Because there's a lot of heartache. But I have to tell you at the same time, and some people feel like, which one are you saying? I'm saying both. There's disaster, there's heartache, there's horrible things that go on in this world. But you have every reason to be filled with joy at the same time. When you look at this list, I want you to start to look at it as, as not, and, and this is where I think the joy can operate within you. You're going to get weird about it, okay? You, when we start grasping these things, you start doing weird stuff. Like the next time you have a flat tire, instead of going, stupid car, right? You, you may go, oh, thank you, Jesus. You gave me an opportunity for joy. In this hardship that I hate. And I don't want to fix this stupid tire. But I'm going through life like everybody else. And experiencing this hardship 
I, I get to have joy. And then you're out there on the side of the road. Don't get hit, but you're out there on the side of the road, right? Well, don't, don't moms experience this? The late nights, right? And yet somehow there's that joy mixed in, is there not? I mean, th- th- this is a very real reality for us, but it becomes tangible if you start with the reality that you can be reconciled to God through Christ. And if that foundation is laid, everything else seems trivial. Listen to this other verse, 2 Corinthians 4. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day, for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So now you don't see the flat tire, you see patience being worked in you. And you rejoice. This is a favorable time. Now, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. What did we skip in our service earlier that we always do? Praise and testimony time. Right? We're going to have some praise and testimony time, but I, I want you to, I'm going to give you some time. So I'm going to tell you what it is, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, chat for a little bit longer just to give you some time to think. Okay. I want you to think about some things, and you can go back over that list. Maybe the word affliction, when I said it and then I described it, something in your life jumped out at you. Right? Here's what, here's what I want you to try to do. Okay? Three versions of doing this, what I'm looking for. Version one, in a moment, as I open it up, you're going to say, I'll use my flat tire example because I don't want to come up with a new one. Uh, had a flat tire this week, but I'm, I'm thankful that, and, and don't, don't, go for, don't, don't go too simple on yourself. Don't just go, I'm thankful that it didn't happen here or here. Those are great. You can do those. But try to think a little bit more expansive. I'm grateful that, that God can use things like that in my life to help me grow in patience. You see, that's hard to do, I know. I mean, you can still be thankful that it didn't happen in the middle of an interstate or it didn't lead to a wreck. Those are wonderful things too. But version one, would you say, here's, here's this hard thing and here's the joy that I found mingled in with it. Here's this hard thing. Here's the joy I found mingled in with it. Okay? Some of you, though, I, it's okay. I want you to tell you right now. If you go, here's the hard thing and you can't find that, I want you to be willing to go, here's the hard thing I'm going through right now. And I'm having trouble finding the joy. And you can just say that. And I'm having trouble finding the joy. Sometimes I see it. Sometimes I don't. It's just, it feels like a, a wisp of something I can't quite get my fingers on. So I want you to be willing to say, I just want to say I'm going through this thing right now, this hardship, this distress, this challenge, and I can't quite get my fingers on it. Pray for me. Third option is, you may say, instead of having the both, instead of having just the one, 
maybe there's something, some reality of God that you just, just feel the Spirit pressing in you to just say it. I just want to say something that I know is true about God that, is, that brings me joy. That just brings me joy. There's something I know about God. I don't have it necessarily attached right now. And see, that's, that's good because, see, maybe this week you're going to have something that pops up and you're going to need that. Right? You're going to need that. So, so maybe today the Spirit might be pressing upon you to, here's something I know is true about God. Or it might happen this way. Somebody over here might go, here's something I know is true about God. And later on in the week, someone on this side, they're going to hit an affliction. And that truth about God is going to come back to them. And they're going to go, oh, but this is true. See how that can work together? Okay, so the three options. One, if, if you can, the hardest one is to try to, here's, here's a hardship, trial, affliction. But here's the joy I see in it. Okay? Option two, here's the hardship. I can't see the joy. Pray for me. Option three, here's something I just know is true about God that I just, I feel the spirit pressing me. I just want to share. This is something I love about God or something that's true about God. Something I just appreciate about Christ. Something along those lines. Okay? Are you ready for this? All right. So I'm hoping you're thinking. If you're having trouble thinking of things, start looking through that list of words. Afflictions. Hardships, what pops into your head? All right. Um, I'm going to have Paul come up, lead us in that song. After the song is over, um, the missions offering, just maybe that last verse, just play once while they take the missions offering, maybe. And then I'll pray after we're done with that. I'm going to pray a closing prayer then they're going to take a quick offering for the missions heavenly father i just want to thank you again for this day i thank you for the testimonies lord i would ask now that you would be with each soul in this room lord help us to wear our afflictions our hardships our sorrows as badges of honor that steer us towards an ultimate joy lord i pray that you help us to endure to the end Lord, help us to make it through all of this to enter into your heavenly kingdom. Lord, I pray now that you bless this offering that we take up today for the missions. Lord, I thank you again for all that are in this room. God, watch over them, protect them, keep them through this week. In Christ's name, amen.